postponing the income tax reduction is my recommended solution. Ted Strickland's big gamble, the casino plan leads for now, and the passenger rail plan leaves the station. Will it return? These topics and more this week on Columbus on the Record. From the Battelle studio at WOSU at Coside, this is Columbus on the Record, WOSU-TV's weekly analysis of the top stories affecting Central Ohio. Joining Mike Thompson this week, Joe Hallett, Senior Editor for the Columbus Dispatch, Karen Kassler, Statehouse Bureau Chief for Ohio Public Radio and TV, Dale Butland, Democratic Strategist, and Bob Clegg, Republican Strategist. What was off the table is now in the middle of the table. With his slots plan questionable at best, Governor Strickland has turned to taxes to come up with the $850 million he needs to keep the state budget balanced. Ted Strickland now supports delaying the final phase of the income tax cut to prevent what he called major cuts to education. Some will try to score political points by branding this delay as a tax increase. But again, tax rates are staying the same as last year. Well, Republicans had their branding irons ready. They say if you are paying more in taxes than you would have, that's a tax increase. Joe Hallett, this has been an option since last winter. Why did he wait so long to put it on the table? That's a great question. I mean, by waiting so long, he has exposed himself politically. He's exposed the uh, precarious majority in the Democratic House politically. If he would have included this in his budget, uh, Members of the House, members of the Senate, Republican members, could have said, well, we don't like this, but we're going to vote for the budget for the greater good. Now they're going to have to vote on a tax increase. Semantics aside, I mean, say what you want, this is a tax increase. Ohioans will be paying $850 million more than they would have. Strickland also is exposed politically because he now has two flip-flops on his resume. He flipped on um, casino, or I mean, on uh, horse track slot machines, yep. and now he's flipped on his uh, no new tax pledge. So this has been a disaster for him, and uh, your question is right on point. Why didn't you go this route right away? Well, it's interesting, though, the support that's coming out. I mean, you've seen support now from OEA and education groups and, and some of these agencies that were worried, social service agencies, that were worried about more cuts. But You've got the Ohio Manufacturers Association, the Chamber of Commerce, the Retail Merchants, and the Farm Bureau, which are typically more conservative-leaning organizations that are also backing this. And even George Voinovich, Senator Voinovich, is saying Republicans should sit down and get this worked out. So it is interesting that he's maybe upset a lot of people, but he does have some support that's growing behind him for this. Can he, you know, the consternation and everything else aside, can he argue that I went to taxes as the last resort. I wanted to try slots, even though I didn't like it, sure. but I went to slots as a last resort. He can make that argument, but the problem was he said he would never raise taxes during a recession where the state has you know, uh, double-digit unemployment. And I think this is the problem, not only that he raised taxes, which he did, but you got to look at two other factors, and, and Joe hints at the one, which is the torturous path that we have taken to get to this point which shows leadership or lack of leadership on his part, the governor's part. And number two, you gotta look at it, we have a 900 million hole approximately that has to be filled and he ends up raising taxes to fill it. Well, 
as everybody around this table knows, it's only going to get worse. And they're projecting, you know, billions of dollars being out of whack for the next budget if, and I think it's becoming a big if, he gets reelected and has to serve another term. Who, how do you think he's going to fill that? I mean, if he's gone to raising taxes on just this amount, what's he going to do when it's a couple billion? In that news conference, he did say it's early, but the first three months of the fiscal year had come in just about at projections, maybe even a little bit better as far as state revenues go, but it's still three months into a two-year state budget. And it may very well be that by next year we will be in more of an economic recovery and revenues will be up. I think the, the question though right now, let's not worry about next year until we have to worry about next year. Right now the question is, we have to balance the budget, how do you do it? He's cut $2.4 billion out of the budget. And let's face it, uh, if you don't like the tax increase, then it's incumbent upon you to explain where you would cut because the slot machine revenue is off the table now. And the truth is that the only place that you can get enough money to balance this budget is huge new cuts to schools, colleges, Medicaid, or prisons. Those are the big drivers. So I think if the Republicans are going to demagogue this issue, they need to identify very specifically what they would cut. You know what they did this summer, and that was to put this on the fall ballot. The governor the decided the, the slots, where the governor decided he knew best and he wasn't going to put it on. So he created this problem. If he would have listened to Bill Harris, the Senate president, who told him put this on the fall ballot, we may have been able to fill this hole through the slots revenue and not through raising taxes. But the Senate Republicans also foreclosed the tax option right away, just telling Strickland up front, we're not going to do this. Well, and, so and did the, uh, the Democrat Speaker of the House. Well, the, the governor, the, this was the best. And the governor. This was the best option for the governor because, one, he had support from social service groups who were saying, this is the the way to go. He had editorial pages across the state urging him to go this route, and yet he, he waited, he delayed, and now uh, he's got the worst of all possible political worlds awaiting him. Bill Harris said back in the winter of 2009 that no, he would not support any tax increase. This week he said, quote, we are sensitive about the budget, time, and education. Hardly, tone. hardly tone. no new taxes read my lips. Is he well, going to go along with this? No, I think what he's going to do is force every single Democrat senator to vote for this thing, and maybe he'll provide enough votes to get it passed. But this is the governor's plan to raise taxes. So I think what the Senate president is thinking, if this is what the governor wants to do, then who's to stand in his way? If he wants to raise taxes, let him raise taxes. Well, but let's go back, though, because I think this is important. I'm not sure I want to just sort of concede the ground that this is a tax increase. The truth is, is that a family of four earning $60,000 a year is now paying $350 less in state taxes than they paid five years ago in 2004. And the truth is that it, even if the governor's plan takes place, no Ohioan will pay a dime more in taxes this year than they paid last. So to call this a tax increase, I think, is 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 um, questionable at best. Well, they well, would have had $80 more in their pocket had he not done this. Yes, and the problem is... But the their taxes are not increased from last year. It's not yeah. a tax but increase. they get that 350 less or whatever the amount was because a Republican legislature and a Republican governor passed that tax cut. Now, he has stopped the final step in that 
tax increase. And yes. I'm sorry, if Every Ohioans are going to be paying more this year and next year than they would have if he hadn't proposed this, then that's a tax increase. Bob, the well, danger yeah. is, always is, is that when you pass a tax cut in perpetuity, or in this case for five years, when times are flush, as you point out, the Republican governor and the Republican legislature did, you're setting yourself up. Times are bad. We can't afford it anymore. That's pretty clear. We can't afford that tax cut anymore, at least the last installment of it. This, this tax cut will, I mean, tax increase, I guess, will work the way the income tax is supposed to work. 40% uh, uh, of the revenue will come from those earning more than $200,000. Another 20% will come from those earning between one hundred dollars and $200,000. So for average citizen out there, it's not going to be a, a very painful um, uh, increase. The way this is going to work is we've already in our paychecks been experiencing this tax cut, but it will, it'll catch up to us, most of us, when we file our income tax return at the end of the year. And most people do get refunds, like 75% yep. of people do get refunds, so that's where the difference will be made up, refunds will be smaller than is, expected. Is there a political danger that folks that don't get the refunds, I mean, if you take a little bit <laughs> out each month <laughs> withholding, you don't notice a tax increase. <laughs> but if you have to write a check for 300 bucks, in 2010, when people are going to be running for re-election in November of 2010, that's a little tricky there, too. Those of us sitting around this table, though, uh, you know, we all love to talk about how, oh, the average person out there is really going to be upset. The truth is, I'll bet you if you took a poll at Broad and High Street and you asked 100 people uh, if they knew they had a tax cut over the last few years, I'll bet you 98 of them would say no. The truth is, most people don't notice it. It's a fairly small amount I'm of money in the grand Mr. scheme. Clank of over here, we'll no, put in some ads that remind no, just, people that they here's, have. Here's, <laughs> here's your dilemma. Yeah, well, let me tell you what your dilemma is as Democrats. The dilemma is people don't realize when their taxes go down; they do realize when they go up. And, and that's not the problem from last year. That's well, my point. They, they will be told that they're going up, and they will know that they went up. Well, there's only. There's, Excuse me. There's only really one winner in this mess, and that's John Kasich. He is rightfully uh, hiding from the media as much as he can because uh, he doesn't want to be drawn into this. He's obviously the Republican nominee, or going to be the Republican nominee for governor. And he's just keeping quiet about it. Well, unfortunately, however, John Kasich did open his mouth earlier this year, and his solution to our budget mess in Ohio is, was what? To eliminate the income tax altogether. Now, there's a piece of of statesmanship for you. Let me, just say, let me just say one last thing. In this really? morning <laughs> on <laughs> Friday, well, at least on this subject, in the, in the dispatch, uh, and, and let's face it, I think even Bob would agree that the dispatch criticizing Republicans is like Osservato Romano criticizing the Pope. Um, but they say today that any Republican who refuses to support this or proposes something better will fall into two categories, the recklessly partisan or those who can't add two plus two. Bob Clegg, which one are you? Uh, all I know is I know a tax increase when I see one, and this is one. <laughs> all right, let's get on to our second topic. With uh, more than a month to go before most voters decide, the big city casino plan is ahead in a recent poll. The poll by Ohio newspapers shows that 59% of registered voters support the ballot question that would allow the construction of four casinos around the state. 38% oppose it, 3% still not sure. That sounds like great news for casino supporters, right? Well, take a look at this poll from exactly a year ago. The plan for one casino in Wilmington also had a sizable lead, 50% to 41% with 9% unsure. 
Karen Kassler, that plan got thumped at the polls. What makes casino supporters think that this is going to be different? I think they're looking at the economy. And, I mean, the anti, the pro-casino ads have all been about jobs. This is going to create 34,000 jobs, and they're going to be good jobs. That's the issue right there for most people. Um, it's interesting that you brought that up, that uh, dispatch poll from last year, because I actually looked at it before I came on here. And uh, dispatch poll said 50% yes, 41% no in October. Mm -hmm. And then you're right. It went on to lose by 62%. And uh, I think, though, you have to look, too, at polls going back to 2006 with the Learn and Earn campaign, the slot machines at racetracks, it was it went back and forth and back and forth. So I don't think this poll is necessarily an indicator of this is how it's going to be. And you know, the only poll that counts is the one yep. on election day. But it does indicate that jobs are a big, big factor here. And that's what that's what the pro-casino people are hammering on. I think you're going to see a lot more anti-casino people getting into that as well. We're seeing support creep to, 60, to the 60% level. Does that mean anything? Not necessarily, because as Karen rightly points out, the truth is is that opponents of referenda always have the easier battle. All they have to do is create doubt in the voter's mind, because if a voter has doubt, they typically vote to keep the status quo, which is to vote no. On the other hand, times have changed, and we have really bad economic times, and regardless of what the polls show, there's a couple of incontrovertible facts. First, Ohioans are spending and leaving roughly $1 billion a year in the coffers of neighboring states that have casinos, Indiana, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, et cetera. And the, and the uh, second is, for all the studies that studies, some say this is going to create jobs, others say it won't, the truth is, of all the states that have legalized gambling now, and there's a bunch of them, not one has repealed it, which to me anyway, indicates that most of these states think there's something positive economically coming out of this for that, I don't want to give up the, the money that's coming in. I think the one thing you need to be careful about when looking at a poll number like this, poll numbers like this, is the turnout this year. We're in an off-year election, and I just don't think that they take into account the voter composition for a year like this. They can try to do that, but I think it's going to be a, a very low turnout. I think it's going to be very older um, therefore, it could be a little more conservative than normal, which could cause a problem down the road. Here. I think the governor's slots plan here now off the mm -hmm. table, I'm interested to see what the effect of that will be because I think yeah. there are people who thought the casino plan on the ballot was the slots plan, and there's some confusion around that. So it'll be interesting now that we've got these reports that the slots are off the table, well, now how's that going to affect the casino proposal? Speaking okay. about off-year elections, this has union support. It has some organization support. Joe, does that help? Perhaps oh, I, I guess so. I mean, we see election. the FOP on, on TV with ads, and uh, they were accused by Reverend John Edgar this week, who, who leads an anti-casino group, for, uh, of being bought off by the casino people. And obviously, uh, about 2% of the casino taxes are going go to the, go to police forces and all that. So mm -hmm. maybe he can make that claim. You might make that claim about unions, too, because mm -hmm. they'll get a lot of jobs. But it does help legitimize it in, uh, in um, TV commercials. I think one point about the polls is that the opposition to casinos generally has come from the rural, uh, more conservative areas of the state. This casino issue is targeted for the four biggest cities in Ohio. And they tend to be, I would think, more friendly toward casinos, particularly if they think the jobs are going to come to their cities. So that yeah, might give a fighting chance.
the, ins the incentives that are being spread around to the experienced Columbus that promised the casino developers would give money to experience Columbus, the Chamber of Commerce tourism arm. Uh, promises of no hotel being built near this casino in downtown Columbus, clearing the way for a private developer to build a hotel. Uh, no meeting space built with the casino, not competing with the convention center. What do we make of those types of tactics? I think they're willing to tell everybody anything they want to hear. Uh, to get them on board. Uh, la last week we saw they even brought the former state treasurer Mary Ellen Withrow into the into the fray, uh, arguing that uh, casino uh, revenues will be taxed. Uh, so they're, I mean, the people lining up in support of this are legion, and a lot of them are big names, but a lot of them are getting paid, too. The anti-casino people have even said that there's nothing in this that guarantees casinos will be built, that they could potentially yep. sit on this and not do anything. So you're right. The people are being told all sorts of things here, and it's a, it's very murky in some areas. I was struck by a couple things. One, Joe's comment earlier about Reverend Edgar uh, uh, complaining about the police having sold out uh, to get a piece of this. I, you could make the case, and perhaps the police will at some point, that Reverend Edgar and the other members of the clergy who are opposed to this uh, really want to keep gambling in church basements where it belongs. <laughs> but I, I, the, the, other, the other broader point I would make would be that if this goes down, let's just say this does go down this year, what do we do? I'm not sure it means that we should take casinos off the table, as it were. I do think the governor would be well advised to go back to the drawing board. I think that the 33% of gross revenue that Ohio was going to get <coughs> from the slots was not a very good deal, particularly when you look at Pennsylvania getting 55% of gross revenue. Why not put casino and the operation of casino out for competitive bidding, too? Get the best deal that we can get in Ohio. Bob, does that fly with Republican members of the legislature who yeah, have been opposed to it? Yeah, because the Senate president was the one that first proposed yep. in this, in you know, in the spring to open this bidding process because he didn't feel that we were getting a good deal on the governor's plan, and so I think they'd be very open to that. And I'm surprised the anti-casino folks haven't hit on that angle of the the lower taxes. Low, I mean, that you've seen some of it, but not as hard as they hit on the jobs. And I'm wondering if that might now we've got this budget problem here that's come up again that they might not start hitting on that a little bit harder. The local officials have been quiet here, especially in Columbus. Mayor Coleman doesn't want to talk about it. He's got more important things to worry about, he says. Uh, a couple of county commissioners who face re-election or a congressional race coming up aren't really talking about it. Does, why is that? What's because the strategy there? Because the power structure in this city mm -hmm. is virulently opposed to gambling, the Columbus Dispatch being the best example. Um, so I think that a lot of folks here are treading lightly. On the other hand, there's a story in the paper this week about Experience, Experience Columbus, is that yeah, what it's yeah. called? Uh, those folks are a little afraid that if they don't kind of get on board or show a little support that they may be penalized if this thing passes. So I think there's, uh, there's uh, probably some, um, some uh, mixed feelings going on here about what they ought to do. Okay. The state bid for passenger rail service between Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati is now in the hands of the Obama administration. The state submitted its half-billion-dollar plan this week. The competition is stiff. Forty states have applied for rail money. All those applications combined total $103 billion. Here's the problem. There is only $8 billion to spread around. Bob Clegg, look, we've talked about how population density between these three cities might help this proposal. Let's look at 20 electoral votes, or maybe 18 after the census. Does Ohio <laughs> stand a good chance because it's so important to a 
re-election bid by President Obama? Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think it puts, uh, puts Ohio in, in good shape for, for you know, trying to get this money. The problem is they're not going to get all that money. They may get some of that money, and then the question becomes, what do you do to make up the rest of that money that you're going to need? And then above and beyond all that, you talk about $17 million that's going to have to be kicked in every year by the state to keep this thing running because it won't be a... Uh, you know, it won't be a self-funding entity. It's going to need money every single year. And my problem with this is I think that money can be better spent in many other areas than on a rail passenger, you know, system here in Ohio. I'd much rather see that $17 million go to Medicaid where the, it's been cut like crazy in the, in, in the last year versus sending it on a, on a train somewhere. Um, that's my problem. I just, I question how popular that train will be once it's in place. Yeah, I think the more details about this that come out, the less popular uh, it gets. I mean, we, you know, it's going to take uh, six and a half hours to get between Cincinnati and Cleveland, two hours more than it would a car. Uh, I, I like the whole idea. I rode high-speed rail in Japan and loved it. Mm -hmm. This will not be high-speed. No. The average speed will be about 30 mile, 39, 40 miles an hour. And uh, so I... I just wonder about these ridership numbers, you know, 500,000 a year, they seem inflated. It's interesting, though, that uh, some of the people in the congressional delegation that have signed on to this, um, Sherrod Brown put out a news release today saying that, of course, he had signed on, but George Voinovich signed on, too. And I think a lot of people have perceived him as being very careful about government spending, very critical of government spending, but he wants this, too. So I thought that was kind of an interesting to see his name on this list. Yeah, <clears throat> I think there are some very legitimate questions that can and have been raised about this. But I think one of the reasons that a lot of politicians are loath not to get on board, if you'll pardon the pun, <laughs> uh, with this is because there are 39 other states that are in competition. And I think a lot of Ohio officials are loath to look like they are once again opting out while other states are moving ahead with, with it, sort of innovative things. Um, you know, Bob raised a good point. You can make a good case for spending this money this continuing money on other things. But the one thing that I don't think is a very good idea, some critics have said, well, we should spend it on, uh, on improving Ohio roads, which in essence means continuing our dependence on foreign oil, uh, continuing our need to fight periodic wars in the Middle East to preserve that oil, and continuing to lag behind 40 other states, um, which I don't think is a very good strategy. So we need to figure out something to make Ohio a little more attractive. With this Granted, it's only $8 billion for all of these projects nationwide, but it, it is stimulus money, You can considering one-time money. To Dale's point, is this really the best shot for getting extended passenger rail service to Ohio is right now? Well, the problem is we can forego, what we're saying is let's not forego this money that we can get mm -hmm. so that we can spend a lot more money later yeah. to keep it running. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean... I'm mo I'm more than happy to forego this money if it means that we're spending you know three four five times more down the road because I don't think given the current and the future situation here in Ohio that we can afford to spend you know precious state dollars on high sp or 
low-speed rail, I guess it is. Well, but supporters will tell you that all high-speed rail started as low-speed rail, so you got to start somewhere. This would be a good opportunity. This is money that we wouldn't have otherwise. I don't care how fast they make these trains go. People still aren't going to be going on them. They're going to want their vehicle to do it. They're not going to want to be on a train. Well, if you get them up to 200 miles an hour, you might take that to Chicago. <laughs> but to your point, it is the best shot. Ohio can't afford the $518 million that's needed to fix the rails and build stations and, and so forth. Uh, and in fact, I'm wondering how uh, and who is going to come up with the 17 million a year to to operate this. Fares are only going to generate about 12 million a year, so the the feds or the state are going to have to kick in the rest. Put slot machines at the train stations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our weekly off-the-record comments from our panel. Some final thoughts, some predictions for the weeks ahead. Joe Hallett, you're up first. Well, this was mentioned earlier, and it's uh, I think Dale mentioned this. Uh, we not only have this terrible budget crisis right now, but it's only going to be worse. We're we're filling this budget with one-time money of seven billion that won't be available next time. So I think Governor Strickland will will open up the racetrack slot machine to all bidders, the highest bidders. We simply need that revenue. We'll go for full-scale casinos if the issue number. I don't know if it'll go that far, but mm -hmm. but you know I think bars and anybody else will be able to bid on this. Okay. Karen. Well, early voting started this week, and so I think you're going to see an increase in the issue three pro and con campaign, including now the churches are going to start getting into it, the religious groups. They had their signs from the issue six campaign, opposed issue six from last year. They're just going to tape a three over the six and put those out there. And also issue two, the Livestock Care Standards Board, I think you're going to see some support issue two campaigns starting up. But even though there is organized opposition to issue two, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of money if at all, spent in Ohio on this. There are a lot of signs out in the rural areas saying yes on two. But I just don't think you're yeah. going to see the no on issue two, even though there is a, yeah. a fairly large group that's against it. Okay, Dale. I'm going to shift the focus from state-specific to national. Health reform, uh, very hot issue right now. Everyone's been reading about it. I fearlessly predict that there will be a uh, that there will be a reform bill that will be signed into law by the end of this year, and it will include a public option of some sort probably a compromise public option where there are triggers to kick it in later, but there will be something like that in the final bill. Okay. And Bob, last but not least. Uh, I got noticed today that uh, two Ohio congressmen, Dennis Kucinich and Steve LaTourette, will be on the new Jay Leno primetime show in a week or two to discuss the more humorous aspects of bipartisanship in Washington. And that should be interesting. Interesting. Those are two very good <laughs> guys to, yeah. to talk about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That is Columbus on the Record for this week. You can continue the conversation at our website. Our question this week, what do you think of Ted Strickland's tax cut delay, as he calls it? That's at our website, wosu.org slash cotr. And there you can get streaming video of all of our episodes of Columbus on the Record. And we hope to have a Facebook presence coming up in the next couple of weeks. But even though Mark Dan and other people do it, we shan't Twitter here on Columbus on the Record. And neither will Jim Trussell. <laughs> good for him. For our crew at WOSU at COSI and for our panel, I'm Mike Thompson. Have a good week. <laughs>